0: Hi, I'm Eric Dewey from the Socially Awkward Studios, Science and Beer, and Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, and you're listening to another proud presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network.
1: Check out more shows at foureyedradio.com.
2: Today on Ranger Command Power Hour.
0: Man, oh man, oh man. All right, time to start editing pictures while I do this.
2: Oh God, you're going to pull a
0: Jordan? <laughs> no, I'm not going to take pictures. I'm going to edit pictures.
2: Oh, okay, good. Every freaking time. Go, go, Power Rangers. Chip Lynn, don't you
0: ever leave the show. Seriously, that guy's badass, man.
2: Now, was it possible to look at any of the names on the back or or no? Uh,
0: I know some of them, but I can't reveal them. Oh. Whatever.
2: We have zero viewers, just tell me.
0: (laughs) I can't reveal anything. Then why are you even here? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Podcast cancelled.
2: And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Come on this. Today on the Power Hour, episode 47, I'm back and sober. Kickback's San Diego Comic Con <laughs> 2015 recap, recorded on July 14th, 2015. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Some Ranger Up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as b 47
1: I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan.
0: And I'm Chris, also known as Kickback.
2: This episode is brought to you by Revenge Lover. Illustration and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. So, we are here to welcome Chris back to his home, I guess. Hi. (laughs) After six days of San Diego Comic-Con. Are you glad it's over? Are you sad?
0: I'm sad my vacation's over with. I was ready for the convention to be over with, like, Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, enough's enough. Let's go home. (laughs) <laughs> pack it up. Yeah, just, just cancel everything. I told Bandai, I'm like, just put all your stuff away, go home. Everyone's already seen it. No one cares anymore.
2: Well, how are you feeling post San Diego?
0: I guess I'm like of the rare breed that doesn't get like this con plague everyone talks about. I feel perfectly fine. Um, I'm just depressed that my vacation's over with and I have to go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, real life sense. sucks. I want to live in my <laughs> fantasy world where I, all I do is walk around and take pictures of toys and talk to people all day. Talk to cool people all day. <laughs> Right, especially the ones that. Well, never mind. I can't share some of those stories. But uh, what? No. Let's just say sometimes you end out out in the wild of San Diego, and you run into people, and you Jeez. go, "Wow, they're going to look like crap in the morning." And then you run into them in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, I ran into you did last night." Oh wow, I almost forgot. Yeah. So.
2: We understand that Toku Nation will have an exclusive interview coming up with executive producer of Power Rangers Dino Charge, Chip Lin. So, is true. I how are you guys it. releasing that?
0: Well, I, I think I explained to you privately, Eric. Uh, it's tough because I was in the Power Rangers VIP lounge. So let me explain the Power Rangers VIP lounge for those who <laughs> um, are confused as to what the hell that is. So every San Diego, or at least the last three, Saban Brands sends out invites to people from the Power Force as well as major news outlets. And they're like, hey, you want to come talk to the Power Rangers? Have an interview? Sit down with them? And hang out? Also, uh, and then this year they were like, P.S. Chip Lynn will be there, so RSVP soon. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pick a time in the middle of an hour, because that way it won't conflict with any kind of panel stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do 1.30. Okay, cool. And then, of course, like six panels showed up that we had to cover. So I had to go solo to my thing. And originally I was told, oh, you're going to get like, we want to keep the interviews between like five to seven minutes long mm-hmm. total. I was like, if he gives one of his long answers, like the <laughs> night of the panel, I, I was live tweeting, and I'm like, dude, Chip, breathe, man. Because like, seriously, it was like a 15-minute long monologue without a breath taken. I was like, good Lord, that's amazing. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm going to have time for like one question. Oh, man. I sit down to talk to him. So I got to the VIP lounge, uh, met our Saban contacts, um, who I've known for a few years now. And so caught, caught up with them, finally one face-to-face. So I actually interviewed Chiplin right after the guys at Ranger Crew did. Mm-hmm. So I caught up with them for a little bit, and then they moved on. And then it was my turn to talk to Chip. And then after that, I was supposed to talk to the Dino Charge cast. As soon as Chip got up, like two fans ran and stole the seats and like just started hanging out. So we had no seats. So we had to stand in the corner of the room. We stood next to that giant vinyl green ranger that they had. <laughs> nice. So somebody, and I felt weird because Saban was doing their own like recording stuff. Uh-huh. And so as I'm talking to them, there's someone videotaping the interview and taking the bright flash photography as we're trying to talk. through me Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. So yes, unfortunately I will be featured somewhere by Saban Brands for something. I can't wait for that, let me tell you. Because um, <laughs> I was looking pretty rough on Friday, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, <laughs> Thursday was a good day because I think Thursday's when I ran into Kevin Smith and like Conan O'Brien, yeah. So, yeah. so we started talking, and the next thing I know, it's like 20 minutes later and we're still talking. And I'm like, oh crap, I've gone way oh. over my time limit. But our contact never came up and kind of made the signal like time to finish. She went off and started talking to somebody else, and the other uh, mm-hmm. other individual, she went off and started talking to somebody else, and they were more focused about the cast, the actual Power Ranger oh. actors and stuff. And then about me and Chip, so we just kind of kept going. I kept asking questions, and it seemed like he really enjoyed the interview, because I asked questions that I wouldn't call them your standard default go-to questions. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, how do you like working on Power Rangers? <laughs> like, he's going to tell you anything other than I love it. You know?
2: Um, <laughs> right. Like, he's going to spill, like, oh, it's the worst job I've
0: ever had. I mean, like, how how's your time at San Diego? Oh, my God, it's horrible. Uh, you know, the schedule sucks. Yeah, Come on. No one <laughs> no one wants to hear that. So uh, I asked some tough questions. I asked mm. questions like, I asked him what I thought was a good iceberg. I'm like, what's it like being back? I mean, you've been with the brand for so long, but what's it like being back now and, and getting this fan reaction to Dino Charge in the sense that, I mean, we've only seen eight episodes and people are absolutely in love with it and they're calling it one of their favorite series. I was like, Chip, we're only eight episodes in. There's still 32 plus some specials to go. And then he just kind of went off and explained how excited he was to, to come back and that his main reason for coming back was. Uh, the team that was assembled in New Zealand. Nice. A a really good group of people that he enjoyed working with in the past were there, and he had a couple people that he brought on with him from his older times on Power Rangers. He didn't give me specifics, though. Mm -hmm. Um, But he he shared a story, and I'll share the story with you guys because I think it's kind of a fun story about the cast. Sure. So he's like, we're only there for, and this will be an interview too, but I'll paraphrase it. So he's like, we've only been in New Zealand for like a week. He's like, we haven't started filming yet, you know, the the cast is still getting acclimated to being 18 hours in the future. You know, <laughs> he's like, we're still finishing some sets and stuff like that. He's like, I'm kind of doing my own thing, working on with the set people, working on the costumes and stuff, and He's like, you uh, get a phone call, and it's from the person who kind of oversees the cast. And they're like, "Hey, the cast would like to meet with you." And he was like, "Okay." They have a request, mm. and and Chip's like, "I," he's like, "I sit there and I take a breath, I'm like, here we go." It's like we're not we haven't even started filming it, and I'm already getting demands about stuff. Oh, you know, we were going to want this, and we want this, and we want this. He's like, I walk in right off the bat, thinking, okay, what kind of demands am I going to have to be faced with meeting for the cast? You know, they obviously want something or they need something. So he's like, I, I meet with the cast that night and we sit down and you know, he's like, Okay guys, I heard that you needed to see me and that you had a request. He's like, What can I do for you? And he's like, I kid you not, the cast looks at me and they go, Chip, we wanna make this the best season of Power Rangers ever and we want to know what we need to do to make that happen. And he said, he he was like, I was taken aback because here I went into this entire process with a negative attitude thinking, okay, here we go. You know, someone's mm-hmm. going to be upset. They going not like their trailers. They want more accommodations. He's like, and that just kind of opened my eyes to being, wow, here I was with this negative perception because that's what we're used to. That's what we expect. And instead... He's like, I have six anywhere from teenagers to very young adults asking me what they can do to make what we're trying to make together even better. He's like, we haven't even started yet. He's like, so I told them nothing. What can I do to make it better for you? What can I do to help make you make this the best season ever? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, so we sat down, we hashed it out. He's like, I told him, look, if you don't necessarily think that's right with the story, <clears throat> he's like, you need to understand. He's like, you have to own these characters. These characters will be yours forever. No one else will ever be The Dino Charge Blue Ranger, the Red Ranger, or the Black Ranger. He's like, that's you, forever. It's your legacy. This character is your legacy. So if you don't think something is written correctly, get with me before we shoot get with me so we can try to figure out if there's some miscommunication, if there's just confusion, or if I do need to change a little bit of the script on it. If you're doing a scene and you don't think that you just delivered the best thing you can do, do not be afraid to go up to the director and go, can I reshoot that? He's like, this is your legacy and this is what you're going to be taking away from it. And it's going to follow you the rest of your life. So you own the character. You are Tyler. You are um, Shelby. You are Chase. You are Riley. You are Coda. You are Claire. Own it really take it to heart and just realize and he kept emphasizing like it's your legacy this will follow you wherever you go and it's the only memory a lot of people are going to have on you for a lot of people's first memory they're going to have of you and you're obviously going to be bright careers for all six of them that's phenomenal and that was just me asking what's it like being back on (laughs) (laughs) the
2: Well, I don't know when we release this episode if that interview will be out or not by that time, but definitely everyone check out Toku Nation, just because Chris has already, the past weekend, has put up some amazing coverage so far. Actually, Chris, Monkey Ranger on Twitter asked about your interview with Chip Lynn. He said, is Chip as tall as he looks?
0: (laughs) No, he's a a shoddy. He's a shoddy. He's a shoddy. (laughs) He's a shoddy. He's got the boots with the fur. Yeah, he's, um... <laughs> oh
1: my
0: gosh. I, I call him a solid, I call him a solid five, seven, maybe 5'8". Okay,
2: all right. Going back to what you said, Chris, about Chip Lynn just giving these really long and interesting stories, I think, for me, just watching the San Diego Comic-Con footage, especially of that Dino Charge panel, and hearing his answers... I really believe that he sold me that Dino Charge is going to be the best season. I think he really believes that. It's obvious just from that story that he's worked hard and the cast has trust in him as
0: well. He really made it a point, even in my one-on-one interview, to stress some of the episodes he's most proud of ever being a part of in the entire franchise are coming out of this series. you got to remember, he worked on the pilot in Mighty Morphin. He started back yeah. in 1992 when they started filming a pilot. And he's worked on Time Force. He's done In Space. He did Lost Galaxy. Uh, obviously, RPM. are whispered that he worked on Jungle Fury during the Rider Strike. <laughs> <laughs> I just I throw that out there. It's a whisper that he was a scab, that he crossed the yeah. line. And some of the reactions from some of the writers on Jungle Fury kind of seem to make that sound like it's true. Either way, for him to be able to say that with someone who has probably Mm -hmm. more experience than anybody except for maybe Zakor and this entire franchise to come out and say like, hey, this is the best work I have ever done the fans are going to love it. To me, that just means that there, he obviously put a lot of story, a lot of depth, a lot of characterization, a lot of plot points, because that was the thing. Again, he stressed it, like, hey, back in the day, every single time it was always about, you know, we got to have a story, we got to have some sort of uh, moral uh, stuff like that. And he's like, we didn't necessarily want to do that with Dino Charge. He's like, but we wanted to make it a kind of show where you're eight, when you watch Dino Charge, and ten years from now you watch the episode again, you'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that episode. I really liked that. And he's like that's what we were aiming for for every episode. He gushes about those actors. He loves he loves that cast so much, and I think they love him just as so much. And I, and I even mentioned the whole uh, we kind of started a, a hashtag trend uh, in Judd we trust. Um, <laughs> what when, when was it now? Did he laugh? He's like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so uh, cool. Just, He's very nice. And when I got done, he told me, hey, next time you see me at a con, come up and say hi. I'd love to sit down and talk again. This is great. He's just a really nice guy, very personable. And I told him, I'm so glad you came. I'm like, this is the first time we've ever had the executive producer, other than Power Morphicon, show up to be like, Mm -hmm. hi, guys, how's it going? And he just said he loves the franchise. He loves fans. He loves everything about it. And he mentioned in other interviews he'd love to come back and do it again if we'll have him. So I have a good feeling I think he'll be back.
2: Oh, yeah, me too. That's good. But what I was surprised about was how involved Haim Saban is
0: mm-hmm. back into the franchise. He basically, without giving too much of the interview away, hopefully I'll have right. it up before this airs, because that's really bad if I don't. Um, <laughs> but it's me. It's me we're talking about. He just mentioned that Haim's still very involved, especially after Super Megaforce. He's gotten more mm. involved. Um, yeah. And he he didn't really get into the reasons why, and I, I made it a point to not want to know why, because I don't believe in airing anyone else's dirty laundry. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, he, I think he didn't... we can
2: kind of all kind of guess, though. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. And, and he's just like, Haim sees all the episodes before they air, and Heim he'll call back and be like, hey, I don't like that scene. It didn't look right. It didn't feel right. We're giving the wrong message. We need to change that scene. He does that for Dino Charge. He's done it for all of it. So Heim's very, very, very involved with Dino Charge probably more than he's been since the franchise returned back to Saban's hands. Now I don't know how much interaction he had back with Samurai and Super Samurai right. and Mega but right. it sounds like with Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge Heim Saban not publicly but privately was mm-hmm. very involved. Chip said he, he had conversations with Heim at least at least a couple times a week during filming and shooting and stuff. Oh, so That's pretty incredible. <laughs> that's interesting. Oh, yeah, it gives a different perception. Everyone kind of thought Haim was just kind of like, a, hey, I have Power Rangers so, F off. Um, <laughs> <my God. laughs> or, "or give me the money. <laughs> yeah, give me the money and they'll go away. And it's nice to see that, obviously, I think Haim sees that there was probably some opportunity missed in the last four years. I think it's yeah. a good sign for the franchise and, and obviously having a showrunner involved like Chip, who loves being part of it and loves creating and loves challenges and opportunities. One more story, and I told you this story already, Eric, but... Sure. One of the comments I made to Chip, I said, one of the things fans like to do is they like to dissect every episode to see what Sentai footage was there and what's (laughs) original footage. So imagine our surprise on episode one, there's not a single footage piece of Sentai. And he just kind of smiled. And he said, pretty cool, huh? And I was like... <laughs> and the reason that came up was because it was playing in the background monitor behind us. And so we stopped and we watched it for a couple seconds and kind of laughed at the scene. And he was like, pretty cool, huh? I was like, yeah, that, that's great. Fans loved it. He's like, well, maybe uh, maybe we'll get that a couple more times in the series. Um... <laughs> yeah, but with, with that grin on his face. He's got, he's got this grin. I call it the sly, if you know what I mean, grin in. <laughs> you get one of those up there. And he just said, when he explained what he wanted to do in the first episode, we're all like, you can't do that. You're not using any footage from Sentai. We don't have the budget to be able to do that. You do that, you'll kill the, cut the budget for the rest of the series by building all these original sets and, and all this new footage. You can't do that. And he was just like, yes, we can. Yes, we can. And he said he had a great cast, a great crew, and they came together and they were able to do it well within the budget that they had. So, it's about making what you have and making it great and not uh, trying to make it perfect, I guess. Right. Obviously, if you're a film director or something, and, and I know you guys just talked to Cisco the other day, and I'm sure he can totally relate to this, you don't always have what you need when you need it. You yeah. may not have uh, the ability mm-hmm. to make an entire spaceship, an entire super spaceship full of stuff, but maybe you have a corner of a set that doesn't really need a lot of work to kind of look like a part of a spaceship. So you go ahead and just kind of throw some stuff in that corner, kind of build it up, take some stuff around the office, like a fan and kind of junk stuff, put it there, spray paint a couple things, and now there you go. You have a set piece that you can film a variety of things into without any problem. And it kind of sounds like that's what they did. They did a lot of high school wood class kind of shop. (laughs) <laughs> um, that is awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, and they, and they went out of their way to do it. And yeah. I think that's great. But it kind of works for Sledge's
2: ship in a way because it's like this old rust bucket of a spaceship. And it's kind of funny that that they're able to use that to their advantage.
0: Oh, yeah. It's just phenomenal what they were able to come up with. As a fan, as a person who's interested in any kind of visual edits and stuff like that, uh, I just found it incredibly amazing that they were able to pull that off and make it look as good as it did. I mean, it looks better than some of the set pieces we've gotten from any of the series since RPM, really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That. <laughs> so, we talked a little bit about the Dino Charge panel, but did you have any thoughts uh, about the panel overall?
0: Well, it should be noted it was scripted. It wasn't like Andre was just kind of going off his rocker asking random questions. I actually saw <laughs> I was sitting behind people from Saban Brands and I saw the script in their hands. So, this is all scripted possibly even rehearsed. Um, well, yeah. I
2: mean, they. I think they even tweeted out a picture yeah. uh, getting ready for the panel and they, they were all doing basically a table read.
0: Yeah, none of these answers were unexpected. Mm-hmm. It was all scripted. I watched them following along on a page and turning the page. This panel right. was a production. I don't want anyone to think that, oh, wow, what a great panel. We learned so much. You learned what they wanted you to know. Um... <laughs> I think the biggest piece of information out of that panel was that there does not appear to be any kind of uh, Mighty Morphin Dino Thunder Mm -hmm. Mm team-up. I think Yoshi was trying to save Chip a little bit, because I don't think Chip was supposed to say that. Because then Yoshi chimes in with, uh, just keep watching.
2: Yeah, Uh, we'll wait and see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I think Yoshi was trying to say, because he kind of had that look on his face. Just wait and see. And then kind of looked at the rest of the cast. Oh my god, this guy just went off the script. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think the thing that got everyone pumped up was that uh, August 29th trailer cuz that's oh, really it was a very yeah. well done trailer very very oh, yeah. well done and I had uh, my network uh, owner with me as and he was helping me he was doing all the pictures while I was tweeting out all the stuff on the panel mm. uh, he even said the trailer got him pumped and he doesn't even like Power Rangers <laughs> Oh and you'll have to bleep me but I'll, I'll quote a, I don't even know anything about this shit I don't care about this shit but come August 29th I kind of want to watch this shit and, uh, <laughs> just from that trailer alone. So they did a great job on the trailer. And of course the second trailer was a licensing trailer. But yeah, the dino Drive suits walking in was kind of a surprise at the end. But like I told you, Eric, uh, I, you know, being up close and personal, it, it looked like the pictures do it justice. In person, it, it looked like cosplay. You could tell they were foam, they had some cracks in them. Didn't travel well back from New Zealand, I guess is the best way to put it. But obviously from a distance, they're good. You get right up close, personal, I'm sure that's the same with anything. I've seen suit actors walking around, and the threads are coming undone by the boots. <laughs> it, anytime you get too close, it kind of ruins the majesticness of it.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: they were fun. But just speaking of suits really quick, I don't think a lot sure. of people understood this. So you know that giant Megazord that's at the Bandai booth, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and that that was a, also at a toy fair. Yeah. That's the one they used in the show in Kirruger. That's incredible. That's the actual <laughs> Suit that the actors wore during the Megazord fights.
2: Wow. Oh,
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I was talking to the band. I'm like, so are you sure? Is this the replica? He's like, no, this is the actual suit. They only have one. We paid them to let us have it for an, a certain amount of time.
2: Before so it goes can- into, like, the Toei
0: Museum or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. Uh, I was kind of, yeah, I have some pictures I'll be putting up that show the harness clips on the back. They didn't put, tuck all the clips away, so I got a picture of a couple of the clips. Oh, nice. Oh,
1: that's cool. It's,
0: it's basically on a mannequin is what it is. So. Yeah. But I got a lot of up-close pictures, and you can see that it's kind of a foamy material. It's very light. I was able... I got to... I probably shouldn't say that, but I, I, I might have entered in the building at a certain time when things were either being <laughs> put together or deconstructed. and I may have played with the helmet a little bit, but... Oh, um, <laughs> oh <man. laughs> I will never admit to that. There's okay. no extra evidence of that. So if Bandai says, no, he didn't do that, then no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. I think the main reason why you were there, in addition to all of this, was... All of the new reveals and stuff from Bandai. Heck yeah! You did your interview with Bandai and you released it at TokuNation.com. First of all, the future of the Legacy line
0: okay, there's a lot of hearsay. Mm-hmm. I was gonna do like, an audio recording and then I realized I probably couldn't because a lot of the information that I was being told, some of it was like, yeah, go ahead and say this and some of it was kind of like, I don't want to say just for my ears because that's not how Bandai plays, but mm-hmm. um, probably not something that I should be broadcasting. Um, the last time I did a broadcast like that was about a certain Zord being purple instead of pink. Oops. <laughs> so uh, I won't go too much. They they kind of tease me with the legacy items and again, uh, I talked to Greg at Bandai and he knows that I'm a big Gold Ranger fanboy and so we start talking about it. I'm like, "When are you doing Legacy Zio?" He's like, "Zio, huh? You think Zio would be fun? Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it?" He's like, "Man, can you just, can you just imagine a Legacy Gold Ranger power stab?" He's like, "Wouldn't that be cool?" He's like, "That would be so much fun." And like would just stare at me, <laughs> stare at me and smile, and I'd just be like, "Dick." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of mentioned we never meant to go in chronological order it just kind of happened that way and now that yeah. we are it kind of feels like we should finish it that way so I said obviously after the Thunder Megazord you have to look at the Shogun Zord and the Ninja Zord and the Falcon Zord but that the entire team really wants to do Zeo they want to do Zeo it, cool. it sounds like from what they said that they, are, they have the green light kind of to do Zeo it's the stuff after Zeo that gets question marks they're not quite sure because it's one of those things where the nostalgia runs out after Zeo yeah. And yes, I know a lot of people are going to be like, that's not true. I grew up on In Space, and I love Lost Galaxy. Toro! <laughs> <laughs> Lights mean Rescue is the greatest series of all time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is is that the people that have the money to drop $50, 60 70 80 yeah. 90 or $100 on this stuff are adults. And what did most mm-hmm. adults grow up through? Mighty Morphin through Zeo. So after that, it really becomes down to a strictly collectors-based focus. So, right. what do you do? Um,
1: oh,
2: <laughs> f- <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <gasps> oh you need man. to take care of the dog, Amy.
1: <laughs> No, no, no. Someone else said it. it's it's fine. <laughs>
0: classic throwback <laughs> right? <laughs> right but no just with yeah. the legacy stuff do they want to do in space yeah of course uh, Turbo uh, would anyone really buy Turbo like I wouldn't buy Turbo I don't mm. uh, it's in, a, in my top 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 list it's not really there right. um, and, and buying and that kind of feels the same way I guess um, mm. Not officially saying that or anything, but you know, just says they're trying to figure out what to do after if they if they because everything's an if it's not like yes they're going it's if so if they do Zio because plans change what happens after Zio do they go pick and choose do they start doing like um legacy time force thing because they said time force obviously has a lot of popularity based on polls they've done and stuff like that but how many fans would how interactive is that. Piece, how iconic is it Mm -hmm. Uh, they asked what about maybe if we just focused on sixth rangers after that do legacy quantum Q-Rex blaster legacy uh, quantum defender legacy
2: legacy take all my money
0: legacy titanium (laughs) morpher I told him like no one cares about the silver ranger in in space so you don't have to do any of those legacy stuff (laughs) I was like he was in like seven episodes total yeah, he was. Yeah. Obviously, the Titanium Ranger is always a good pick because it is the classic first U.S.-created Ranger. But we just started brainstorming back and forth, and mm-hmm. obviously they were taking some of my feedback. So don't worry, fans of everything. I said every single series has its niche, its collector base. They would feel offended if they did not get something, so... If they do the Shogun, if they do the Ninja, if they do the Falcon, and then if they do Zio, you're talking twenty twenty-one at this point. Right. So don't worry about it. Plans change. These people may not be employed at Bandai at that point, not because they're going to get fired, just because people move on. Bandai may not even have the license for Power Rangers anymore. It's just it, you don't know.
2: Could you even imagine that? Like I, I couldn't imagine a time without that type of partnership.
0: Well, it's tough to say because... And I I could be wrong in in what I was saying because I don't know, because I know Bandai and Toei in Japan are like brother and sister. Everything Toei does, Mm -hmm. Bandai does. But I don't know if that's the same in the U.S. since Sabah Brands owns the rights to Power Rangers, which is the adaptation, can they and could they? Because I just read the article, they renewed it through 2016, just, Mm -hmm. what, last year? So obviously they're still renewing partnerships, so if they're renewing partnerships, then that means that it's always up for renewal at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Well oh, no, I could not see them ditching them because that would be silly.
2: Okay. Well you kinda answered Bolt Matrix's question, which was there seems to be a bit of friction between Bandai of America and Saban. I
0: wouldn't call it friction. It's just okay, going into like the Poisandra figure, right? I watched the internet blow up in a fury about how Bandai is evil and they're horrible people and they should all burn in hell because they weren't releasing a Poisandra figure, but people need to understand, okay, Bandai goes awesome. We want to do these six figures. Well guess what? Mm-hmm. They don't own Power Rangers. They don't make that call. They have to go to right. Saban and say, hey, we'd like to release these six figures. And Saban will say, yes, yes, no, fix that, definitely no, and 100% yes. So when Bandai gave me the answer of, we don't know what happens with her on the show yet, because, again, right. this isn't Chip Lynn. You don't know if she's going to become the mentor like she did in Cure Ruger. Spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> or if she's going to get killed off this season. Exactly. You don't know. So, that being said, I can understand to a point, because Bandai doesn't have all the episodes. They get no. a list of stuff from their Japan office, as well as Toei right. as well as Saban Brands, and they kind of go with it from there. But they still have to get approval for everything.
2: Well, that's why I wish people would understand, is they're just a licensee to yeah. Saban Brands. They're not making the shots.
0: Yeah. No, it's just like Bluefin Tamashii Nations. Bluefin's only a distributor. So people can get as mad as they want a Bluefin. Bluefin's just the one distributing it. Bluefin can make exclusives but they usually have to get it approved by Bandai Japan, because if it's a figure art, Bandai Japan owns the mold through Tamashii Nations. So they have to get approved from that. They have to get approved from Toei, because Toei owns that representation and that mold yep. through Bandai Japan. Then it has to go through Bandai America to make sure Bandai America says, yeah, that's fine, I think that'll work. And then it still has to get through some bond Brand's approval. So if a bluefin Tamashii Nations say, hey, we want to release an exclusive figure, they have to jump through Toei. Bandai Japan go through obviously Tamashii Nations, their home branch, mm-hmm. Bandai America, and Saban branch. They have to go through five separate companies to get a green light to make a product, and you have five different companies all giving their two cents and saying that looks good or that does not look good. So before people get up in arms and start yelling and screaming, they need to remember that that it's not as simple as we don't like the fans or we don't want to make money. It's just when you release when you release the Super Samurai uh, exclusive set and it doesn't sell at all ever, for any reason ever, kind of like Sailor Moon didn't sell this year at all, forever, for anything. It comes down to how eager are we to continue to do this stuff. Black Armored Rangers sold pretty well, better than the Super Samurai set did, but they still had leftovers. They still had extra. Mm-hmm. People need to understand it's not Bandai's fault. it's not necessarily Saban's fault. Mm-hmm. It's just the only answer they could give without giving anything away that happens on the show is we don't know what happens with their character yet and until we do and stuff and and look at fan demand, obviously, yes, we've heard that a lot fans want that that's something we're taking back with us, and that's something we're going to try to work on and Then I said, power Moricgon exclusive, and we all laughed and if that's the case, <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs>
2: Well, Morphin Legacy said just want to say thanks for asking about Poissandra. Not the answer we wanted, but it was important.
0: I think we'll get a Poissandra figure. And thank you, Jay. I appreciate that, buddy. Hope we get it. I mean don't shoot the messenger. I mean you can right. if you want to, but <laughs> I'm eating Pez right now. I got a, a G1 Megatron mm. Pez dispenser, and I'm eating Pez. Sounds good. I'm eating cherry cherry, <laughs> cherry Pez right now. Or maybe it's strawberry. I don't know.
2: It's some kind of berry. No, I'm kidding. Um,
0: oh, oh, God. No. <laughs>
2: Can you tell us a little bit about the Thunder Megazord and also the Blade
0: Blaster? Well, the Blade Blaster is literally a prop. Yeah. It doesn't move. It doesn't flip. It doesn't change. Anytime people make toys of any kind, they will make a prop, a replica, a display, not something, not an actual functioning toy. That is the blaster form of the prop that they built to sell the idea to make the toy. Meaning, not final design, not final look. If you look at it, it's very thin. I think it's going to be thicker than that. It's beautiful. They did a great job painting it and chroming out the parts, but no, that's not an actual working version. They weren't sure if there was LED lights on the top or like the eyes are, Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like a dinosaur head or whatever. He thought they might have been LED lights. He thought they were going to be, but... I'll find out probably next week sometime if that's really the case or not. But cool. it does have the gun mode and the blade mode. Other details past that can't really be shared yet because it's still going through. They don't have the retail version ready yet. Making sure the plastics fit, metal fits. But there will be die-casts. They just didn't know where. And how about um, that
2: Thunder Megazord?
0: Holy oh, that's sexy, that's sexy beast. <laughs> I should apologize for teasing everyone so long that day. It was just one of those things where <laughs> um, I was in the show during setup and happened to walk by the Bandai booth looking for, for some people I knew that worked at Bandai. And I happened to walk by their legacy case and I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's an awesome legacy display. It was empty. I was like, oh, I'll come back later. So I did. I came back like an hour and a half later and I happened to walk by and look down at some of the stuff they were pulling out and I watched one of the guys literally put together the Thunder Legacy Megazord. I looked at it, I watched them put it together a little bit, and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to move away. Yeah. So I moved away, and then I just kind of lost my own <laughs> as a, <laughs> I fanboyed, I'm sorry, I fanboyed. Yeah. And so I was like, crap, out of respect for Bandai, out of respect for San Diego Comic-Con, I can't mm-hmm. share that news. That would be bad. At least not without permission. <laughs> so I teased, because I knew I could tease, as long as I never came out and said it, I was fine. So that's exactly what I did. So everyone kind of knew by the time the picture finally got revealed what I was teasing about, but I think it was well-deserving of the tease.
2: Oh, yeah. We were recording our last episode when that broke, and we were all just salivating.
0: Oh, I know. I I heard. I I listened to it the other night on the (laughs)
1: plane. Even I was, and
0: that's... You don't even like talking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a gorgeous piece. It looks gorgeous in person. They did an incredible job on it. That one's closer to retail ready, but still not the final. But basically how it kind of looks there is how it's supposed to look, final version. Plenty of die cast. It's heavy. It had to be supported with wire. Obviously it's not retail ready, so the joints are very loose. So it oh. would have fallen over in the case. So they had to tie it up with wire to the ceiling to make sure that it did not fall over. But it's like the original. It's The Red Dragon sword it has its own battle mode. Sweet. That green jewel in the middle is translucent. That clear plastic translucency. Mm. I heard you guys talking about it, so yes, it is. It's big, it's bigger than, than all the other ones. Yeah, it just it's gorgeous looking. They did a fantastic job on it. They're very proud of it too. They're very, very proud of that. Price point they still don't know yet, but it's due out. Kinda like the Tiger Zord and Saba were this year. Kind of mm-hmm. due out first quarter of next year. January ish. Legacy Blade Blaster is supposed to hit stores sometime in November.
2: Sweet. Wow. Can you tell us about future Dino Charge figures and the new villain wave
0: that's coming out? Well, as you saw, there wasn't a lot of new figure reveals for Dino Charge. Right. And that had to do with the sense that if they revealed anything much more than that, um, they'd be kind of giving...
2: spoiling the show.
0: Yeah, so uh, before they can show anything off like that, they have to get Saban's approval, and they couldn't get the approval for some of the stuff. So that's where the whole, if you see it in the show, there's a pretty good chance you're going to see it in, in toy action form when it comes to the Rangers and to the Megazords. Not the villains, but the Rangers and the Megazords. Because I did, I kind of mentioned Super Megaforce, you had two Megazords, and then you made your own third one. This one, if you follow the way it's supposed to go, you have one Megazord, another Megazord, a third Megazord, then you have a giant dinosaur Megazord, plus all these auxiliary Megazords. They're just like, again, chances are, if you see it in the show, there's a good chance if it's Power Rangers, Ranger-related, Megazord-related, that it'll probably make its way to toy form. They just can show that stuff. Villain Waves, they're excited for it, they hope it does well. It's the first time they've done it since pretty much Mighty Morphin, like an entire wave mm-hmm. series assortment just of villains. They're nervous, obviously, because it's the first time they've released more than just two or three bad guys an entire series. They're actually releasing eight in a wave. They don't know which ones will be favorites and which ones won't. I told them well, Ice Age will probably be a favorite because it's reoccurring. The ones that uh, have big emphasis in episodes will be cool and will have people excited. If you like villains, buy them. It does sound like it's going to be one per case, just based on case assortments. <sighs> you, have to have a couple, you have to throw mm-hmm. a couple Power Rangers in there, too. Yeah. So your best bet's just to buy a case if you can get the case, because that's where you're going to finally get your figures. Good luck! <laughs> 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 and the toy
2: hunt continues. Mm-hmm right uh, yeah tell us a little bit about the future of ranger keys which is not good news i guess
0: well the problem that you run into and i can't really say it's a confirmation or a denial but the ranger keys were last year's play pattern the last two years it's not the play pattern anymore there's no toys being made being shipped anything you see on the shelves that's just that's it there's nothing more mm-hmm. so releasing something mass retail like that doesn't make sense from a marketing standpoint. It'd be like releasing some more cards for the Gose Morpher. Oh, right. <laughs> at this point, it's like, why? Those oh. kids are probably thrown theirs away by now. There's no point. So you have to keep that same mindset with the Ranger Keys, where it's no longer the current play pattern. It's not that they don't want to do them. They had obviously had a tough time getting the rest of them out in the first place. Those two ways of Toys R Us. Always a possibility to do something as a convention exclusive, but again, play pattern.
2: And at that point, it's just the hardcore fans that want to complete their collection. Exactly.
0: Mine. So you don't need to make five thousand sets, but then it comes down to tooling costs at the factory and stuff. How much does it cost to put it out? What's it, it's going to cost you more to make less than it is? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. if I go to a factory and say I only want five hundred, well, the machines are set up to do two thousand each, and you want me to do one quarter of what one machine does. That means I have to stop and start the machine. So it costs you more money. Of- yeah, it costs more money to do less. That's why exclusives cost more because there's less of them made. But then we start talking about and. I'm kind of a jerk, so I throw ideas out there. I'm like, you know what would be a cool Power Morphicon exclusive? Do the Dino Charge Rangers as a key set. So if that happens, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, yeah, the Japanese version of those Ranger
0: keys have gone through the roof. That's how that conversation kind of got started. Yeah. I mentioned Dino Charge keys. You, you know, find a way to put those out. That'd be freaking awesome. Like, people go ape shit over it because of the fact that it's a mortgage payment to get them online. From Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Thankfully, I got mine pre-ordered right when the pre-orders were going on, so I didn't have to pay half a month's rent. But... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly. They're aware of it, but they're also handicapped by what's going on now. Bandai's not at the giant company yeah. that Hasbro is. Hasbro can't be like, hey, we're going to make the 19th Iron Man Marvel Legends figure. Woo! They don't have that money backing from Disney. You know, Bandai's a smaller company. A lot of this stuff is, yes, the 5-inch figures, the Power Rangers, that's the same mold over and, over and over and over and over again with a different head. Tooling costs, all they're doing is they make one mold and then the head is a different tool, you go. And then everything else is paint apps. It's a much different operation, but Power Rangers is, is good getting close to being on top again for boys' toys. So, hooray! (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yay! Luke Ewerly at Undead Number 9 said, Ask Chris if he asked Bandai America if they had any plans for a Can't Absorb the Gold Ranger Powers Billy toy, or a Can't Handle the Titanium Rangers Power Carter toy. Either would be great. Thanks. Winky face.
0: I didn't, and I wish I did, because I know they would have gotten a laugh out of it. Uh. (laughs) In my, in my follow-up conversations, I'll uh, I'll drop that line on there. Nice. I'm sure they'll get a kick out of it.
2: <laughs> Listener at Excel Hedge said, what was your favorite non-Power Rangers announcement?
0: I think there was three things that got me really excited at Comic-Con just as a regular nerd, right? Okay. The first one, I'll just go by order, which I heard, saw, whatever. Sorry, it's not Batman versus Superman. I'm sorry. That's not super exciting for me. Y'all can hate on me later for that. But... I'd quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the number one, the first thing I heard that got me excited was the fact that uh, Machinima is doing a Transformers Combiner Wars cartoon. That's obviously, pretty Early yeah. development. Yeah, well, this is the first time that, obviously, Transformers has been doing so well with a toy line that they decided that, crap, we need to make a cartoon for this. It's selling like hotcakes. So they're doing that. And I thought that was pretty exciting. I mean, that's the first time we've had something like that come out for the older fan base in a long mm-hmm. time. Hopefully it doesn't suck and it's not a stop-motion thing because that would piss me off. Number two was the reveal of the Star Wars Episode Seven Black Series TIE Fighter. Oh my god, that thing looks incredible. It's in scale to the six-inch figures, meaning if that was the real life, if six inches <laughs> were your, was your real life, that would be the actual size of the TIE Fighter. So your six-inch figure can sit inside the pilot, it, and all you need is two of them, and, and this is from Hasbro's mouth. Buy two, get a piece of glass, you have a new table. So... <laughs> so there's multiple uses for it. That's going to retail for $170. Wow. And the, other than other than the Stormtrooper that was available to purchase, the new order Stormtrooper, yeah. um, that was the only reveal for Star Wars episode 7. Was one item. That was Disney, but my third one, my third one yeah. uh would be the trailer for Fear of the Walking Dead. Oh, oh, I missed that. I need to see that.
1: I really like um, the cast for that, so.
0: I love zombie movies and I only like them during the beginning when like the outbreak first starts happening. Yeah, And after that, I don't care about the zombie movie anymore. Like Dawn of the Dead, the first 30 minutes are amazing. After that, forget that movie. It's kind of fun just because the whole cast is screwed. But um, <laughs> but any of that stuff. So having a TV series based on the beginning of it, I think, is awesome and incredible. And I'm sure oh, yeah. by season two or three, I'll be sick of it. So I have a season and a half, maybe two, to enjoy a new television series. So those are my three favorites non-Power Rangers related things. Other than running into Kevin Smith, the guy, I forget him, the guy that played uh, Jay from J. And some of the Bob movies. He was with Kevin Smith.
2: I uh, Jason Mewes. Oh yeah, yeah, Jason Mewes.
0: Ran into him. He was with Kevin Smith. Uh, ran into him a, went to a Diamond Select party and ran into them there. And then, as we left that party to go to another party, uh, ran into Conan O'Brien, who was in town taping us, <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> and uh, kind of stopped and hung out with him on the street for a few minutes. Nice guy. He... His, those bodyguards were like, we need to go, we need to go. He's And he would just ignore them and just keep talking to people.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> Our friend, R J. RJSillsUchihabro77 at Anime Redneck 96 he wants to know if you got any goodies that weren't exclusives.
0: What was your haul? I went and I bought... I wanted a Stormtrooper from Hasbro, but I couldn't get one. And then I was supposed to get one after the show, and then that kind of fell apart. But I'm still supposed to be getting one of those. So I'll get a Stormtrooper eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, I did buy the Transformers, Combiner Wars, Devastator, and the Combiner Hunters. For Jordan, I bought... Well, not for Jordan. For his boss, I bought one of the Marvel Legends sets. So that's not really mine. Uh, Of the Crystal clear versions of the Loyal Subject stuff that they released. I bought three of each of those for galleries and then for possible giveaways, stuff like that. Only one of the metallic sets that were like yeah. White Ranger versus Zed, because they were $30, and that's just ridiculous.
2: I bought all three of those metallic sets. So. I did
0: too. I, I only <laughs> bought one of them. I, oh, okay. I, I think these Crystal versions are so beautiful of these Loyal Subject figures. I love them to death. Uh, I got a few of the Dino Charge, the one they were given out at the Bandai booth. Nice. And Mine was legit. I uh, was either in Power Ranger-related clothing and apparel or showing off selfies with me and Chip Lynn. So I think that counts in Bandai Creed. <laughs> um, and Bandai was being very faithful to their rules. Nice. People, A lot of people were coming up and like, hey, can I get a couple of those? And they're like, you're not in Power Ranger stuff, man. Come back wearing some Power Rangers and I'll give you one. Good on them. Well, the, And I was sharing that story, I yeah. think, with you, Eric. Um, yeah, so, okay, them. so the exclusives at the end of the show, right? So any exclusives that were not grabbed or were not purchased or whatever that they had left over at the end of the show, they then have to do something with, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. In past years, it's been, alright, no one shows up at that 3.30, line up, and you can buy them, and it turns into a massive storm of, of 400 people rushing the booth. So rather than do that, that's why they didn't sell on preview night this year, because last year they did preview night you didn't have to line up for a ticket. Mm-hmm. That you did. They said they'll never do that again. Last year was chaotic. They actually thought their booth was going to get knocked over by people rushing and stampeding oh to buy to buy the Green and Dagger, Dragon Dagger, not Dagger and Um <laughs> No, I like that name better, the D- Dragon Dagger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what they did this year was they you know everyone had a guaranteed ticket was able to buy one and then they showed the lottery numbers for each exclusive mm-hmm. And then at the end of that, what they did was they recounted their inventory, checked all the tickets and then rather mm-hmm. than some to the general public, if you didn't win your lottery on the first try you got a second try. If they had 20 Sabas left, they put up 20 numbers for people with the tickets to come get them. And they had a lot of people be like, okay, what if no one, what, what if no one claims those? Bandai I was like, then we take them home. Good fair on them. Is, they said, fair is yeah. fair. We're in, people who stood in line deserve the right to buy these toys before someone who didn't. And yep. we were going to maintain that throughout the entire thing. Big kudos to Bandai on that one, I thought. As opposed to like Hasbro Toy Shop and Bluefin, who apparently just kept selling and selling and selling until it was sold out. So they ran out of like, uh, Bluefin had the San Diego Goku figure art toy.
2: They ran run out on like Saturday or something?
0: Friday. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Stormtrooper, they had six to start the day on Saturday. God. Yeah, so people that only had like a Saturday pass or a Sunday pass walked in and had no chance to get the exclusives they wanted because they were most likely sold out everywhere. That sucks.
2: Well, your timeout on uh, Loyal Subjects uh, a little bit earlier. Did you actually have a chance to go to their booth and talk to anyone there?
0: I had some time to to go there and stuff, but uh, they were busy and always floating around, so I never really got a chance to sit down and have, like, an actual conversation with them. Oh, okay. I'll try to follow up with them on email afterwards because I don't know if their license is Mighty Morphin or if their license is Power Rangers. If their license is Mighty Morphin, then we're kind of out of things to release unless you guys, like, battle-damaged or something like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, th- there was talk that they were going to do the Megazord in, like,
0: a slightly larger scale. Uh, possibly, because they're doing that with Transformers with Devastator. Oh, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if that was their next thing, to do that, and then a Dragonzord, and then, you know, a Titanus, and you could have your Ultra Zord loyal subject. I don't know. I know a lot of people really, really love these kind of vinyl things, and I prefer loyal subjects over most other vinyl pops or anything like that because they mm-hmm. are action vinyls. They actually have movement and slight possibility. Yeah. Uh, just, I would love to see them do something more. And then uh, Joe Allard who did the designs on him, he did amazing work. He was autographing for free if you made a purchase all weekend long. That's so cool. Well, it got to a point where he was just autographing and they were throwing them in the bag, so... <laughs> I, I wanted uh, just one autographed of each because uh, I mm-hmm. plan to have a set. I'm going to open a set for Gallery and have a set uh, autographed just kind of for my own personal collection. Some of them I have all three are autographed. Some I have no autographs. Uh, it's just it's all over the place. But cool, cool on that. Loyal Subjects was awesome. Cool. I mean, when I got in line for the Green Ranger, which is a... Toy Tokyo online exclusive, so that will be up sometime soon. He was going to talk to the, uh, Jonathan, the CEO, so he was going to talk to the guy at Toy Tokyo to get that put online. Oh, thank um, God. That, <laughs> the thing was, I stood in line for that because I figured that was going to be the one that people were hot for. And they were. They only had a few left the next day. They had leftovers every single day, but every single day they got less and less and less.
2: Yeah. Um, Major props to them for putting those exclusives online. Every day I was on their website buying
0: the exclusives, so... Oh, yeah, definitely. And what was cool about it was when we stood in line, we had to line up through, like, a, a hallway out the exit door and then back in. It was weird. But Jonathan would come over with a handful of line boxes for various G.I. Joe Transformers into Turtles and just be like, whoever catches it gets to keep it, turn around and start throwing them behind his back. Nice. <laughs> he did that three or four times. Did you catch me? <laughs> yeah, I caught a I caught a Ninja Turtle.
2: I got oh, Splinter. Oh,
0: cool. yeah. yeah. I didn't want Splinter, <laughs> but I got Splinter. Oh.
2: You didn't get a chance to go to the Shout Factory panel, did you? I didn't. Oh, okay.
0: They announced Die Ranger. Yeah. What's your reaction on that? I still need to buy Zoo Ranger. Oh, okay. Um,. <laughs> I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. I don't understand why some people are getting so super-duper excited about it, because now my thought process is after Kaku Ranger, they'll never touch it again. Do you know why? Because it doesn't have anything Mighty Morphin attached to it. Yeah. Uh, that's just my initial process, because I would love an O-Ranger. Uh, O-Ranger is one of those series that you can still barely find subtitled at all. Probably not going to do it. Die Ranger, that's awesome. I'm glad that they're continuing it. I'm glad that fans are going to have the option to get that. I just, I don't know that. Zoo Ranger was exciting because it was the first time, you know, anything Sentai had ever been officially translated and released in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you this Gosai Sentai Die Ranger is going to have a big old Mighty Morphin logo on the box. The series that spawned season two of. Right. And that's what annoys me because then Cocky Ranger will be based on the series that spawned. Just...
2: Alien <laughs> Ranger. The Alien Ranger miniseries.
0: Mighty <laughs> Morphin Alien Rangers, the lost episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just get all the actors back to dub the (laughs) Suntime. Exactly. Anything else? Maybe just your general experience for san diego comic-con thoughts on the convention as a whole and maybe any tips for first-time goers next year who haven't um
0: been. i'd say number one everybody needs to experience it at least once it is mm-hmm. kind of like the ultimate convention it, it's nerdy uh, if you only get to go for a couple days go friday saturday that's where you get the real con feel this year it didn't feel too busy on on thursday or friday saturday was gangbuster though like Saturday was oh yeah this is why I hate this place kind of (laughs) feeling so definitely if you can make it do that as far as the convention as a whole this year like I said uh, obviously some different business practices in place with some of the uh, retailers selling exclusives that weren't necessarily beneficial to the convention as a whole hopefully that changes next year spacing was good panels were good it's a great con it's organized very well for tips for new goers, look at the schedules. Look to see what mm-hmm. panels you want to go to, what time they have. Look to see if the exclusives you want, if you have to line up in the sales pavilion before the convention even opens to get the tickets. Do your homework. And then obviously, I could spend hours doing tips and tricks and, and <laughs> how, how do you get the front row seat at the Power Rangers panel? Like I could tell you how to do that, but then I want to be able to do it next year, so I'm not going to tell you. No, that's it. Do you guys have anything else you want to add for me?
2: Oh. Uh,
0: can I go with you next year? <laughs> right? I get that a lot actually. A lot of people are like, "Hey, buddy. <laughs> we should we should hang out together. It's a network yeah. thing. It's not not my call. It's the boss's call. My boss's boss boss. The boss um, boss. It's fun though. If you can definitely get out even if it's only for one day, definitely do it. Just make sure you get a hotel. Get that first.
2: <laughs> I've heard horror stories.
0: I'm look at one of the chargers on the wall, yeah. right? The one I couldn't get a good zoom on it. So as I'm changing the contrast, it's the the red uh, Tyrannosaurus number one that has the silver instead of the white or the black or whatever. Oh yeah, on the inside. But it's a dinosaur, and it looks like a ranger helmet next to the dinosaur, but I can't make out which one it is.
2: Interesting. <laughs> There's gonna be so many. Variations of these things. I see when I sharpen it, what it looks like. No,
0: I can't tell. But I actually have to let you go because uh, I need to go eat some dinner real quick. All right. But I appreciate okay. you guys having me on.
2: Well, thank you. And no problem. Uh, have you on again anytime? Yeah.
0: I'll leave my microphone on so that way you can hear me in the background. But...
2: No, that's that's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: I appreciate it, guys. And then uh, just keep your eyes on Toku Nation because i got plenty of stuff to keep putting up for the next week. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.
2: All right. Later. I'm I'm just going to eject him from the call. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> that, that sounded horrible i'm gonna eject him i don't know anything else you want to talk about I don't...
1: basically just one thing that i do want to say and i said oh. this on twitter too so it's repeating okay. myself which is what i'm good for
2: but um no <laughs> you're, you're good for much more than that ap
1: <laughs> i mentioned on twitter like i'm hoping that they'll probably release like the trifecta the zoo ranger die ranger kaku, kaku. ranger They'll probably do that, and yeah. I'm just hoping that maybe after they do that, they might do some sort of like fan poll because you know it's not like people really going to the Walmart and being like, right. "Ooh, I want that." It's like the fans are buying these.
2: And it was because of the fans that they bought enough of Zoo Ranger where Shout Factory was like, "Okay, we can do the the next one." Yeah, I and mean, that's but, what it is.
1: So I'm like hoping that maybe they do a poll afterwards so that the fans can decide which ones they one you know
2: you, you know exactly the first one that people want after that <laughs> they're gonna say go Kyger.
1: yeah
2: that's the default and i mean, I love go Kyger, but overrated
1: i did not think it was that great <laughs> um but yeah i'm hoping they do something like that just so that maybe we get some newer seasons done yeah
2: yeah you know? it would be cool to see a, a newer sentai series release another reason why i'm so excited is because for the first time ever, just announced this week that Crunchyroll is going to be simulcasting the newest Ultraman series. Oh. Which is insane. I think they're premiering it tonight. I mean, we're recording on July 14th, but that's in the same tokusatsu genre as Sentai. And. It just seems like we're getting a step closer more and more every year or month or whatever. That hopefully we can see more domestic releases of this type yeah. of material because it's the genre that we all like. Yeah. So.
1: And I'd rather, honestly, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't download a torrent or two of some sub Sentai. Right. But I would rather not. I would rather buy, You're like,
2: not, yeah, just pop in the disc,
1: legal releases, not have to worry yeah. about downloading it. Like I'd rather support the people who are making this, you know.
2: Exactly. I really hope that there's enough fan support to keep these Sentai releases going because yeah. Chris had a very good point. Like once the nostalgia factor wears off for the Power Rangers, this that the seasons that are related to Power Rangers, yeah, it's going to be a tough sell, and it's that's just like the toys. That's just like anything that's related yeah. to the Sentai.
1: Maybe they could do like a poll and like a manufacture on demand thing if oh, like yeah. mass producing it isn't worth it. Just spitballing here.
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I totally hear you, but just to relate to back what chris said i would love if they went past kaku ranger and did o ranger because that's one that fan suburbs have barely even touched or scratched the surface Mm -hmm. and in japan it was i mean it's not it wasn't like majorly popular but still it, it was a good show from what i hear A lot of people like Zio. Zio was a huge season for me growing up. I was all into the hype when they were like, it's coming, you gotta see it. Whoa, Zio! I was all into that. (laughs) But I was, and I'd I'd love to see what Japan's version is like. Mm -hmm. We should talk about this because it's... Uh, recently been announced so i guess bandai america is doing a follow-up to their madness and madness oh, God. and it's gonna be the that megazord man- madness that
1: thing <laughs> and like the prize is like something super dumb like the mix and morph a mix and morph version of all the megazords that win the contest
2: yeah, it's yeah,
1: like something that nobody actually wants. So,
2: so yeah, they say <laughs> five lucky winners will receive the grand prize of a Mix and More figure based off the five winning Zords, made exclusively by Bandai. And it's like I've seen those stupid Mix and More figures; they look like crap. Like,
1: yeah, it's. like... I the- mean, the
2: kids that's, want that. It's a totally a kid thing, and, and the
1: kids I've, aren't going to be voting in this thing.
2: No, not at all. It's going to be ego tripping for certain. Yeah, yeah. So, you
1: know, for it's going to be a repeat of Morphin Madness. We all know it. So
2: yeah, <laughs> well, and we're really going to see who cares about Megazords because Rangers are one thing, but yeah. Megazords are completely different. Mm-hmm. But. I've started to see this mix and... Well, not mix and morph, but this mix type of thing. They did them for Jurassic World in Toys R Us, where you can mix certain dinosaur parts together. So it's like this new play concept that's getting popular with different franchises. But I've seen them in Target. They look like crap.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've just seen pictures of them.
2: It's weird. Their distribution is weird because right now... The Mix and wharfs are only at Target. I haven't seen them anywhere else. They're definitely not in Toys R Us. And
1: they don't seem like something that little kids would be playing with either. It's like a weird sort of Target area, I think, with that.
2: I don't even think it's a weird Target area. I just think it's a bad... Concept overall.
1: Yeah, I just I'm, I'm just picturing little kids pulling them apart and choking on it. To be like completely serious. So yeah,
2: I'm, like, yeah. I'm
1: wondering how successful those things actually are.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really wondering about that. I know as a collector myself, there's no way in hell I want these. I'm not going to be wasting a dime on any mix and morph. It's just so random. I'm not going to be sitting there going, oh yeah, I'll take the head off this and put mm-hmm. the arm on here. I'm not the audience for that. Like
1: I remember, um I worked at walmart for a little while Uh dark point in my life (laughs) but i remember always because i had to walk through the toy section on the way back to the employee area yeah and i would always walk by the power ranger toys just to see what they had it was back when i started actually considering buying them again oh okay well actually i only bought like one thing (laughs) um It was during the MMPR like revival thing or whatever. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: they—that's when they started all that mix and more stuff. And I remember them always being on the shelf, like no one was really buying them.
2: And that whole revisioning toy line was just weird. Yeah, that was a strange time. For the fandom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the only thing I bought from that was Green Ranger, because I figured someone would want to buy that off me later.
2: And it paid off, I bet.
1: Yeah, it did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: During this Megazord madness or whatever, <laughs> let's all agree to vote for the most obscure Zord, okay? Okay. Let's just, let's just make <laughs> that a thing.
2: <laughs> Omega, Omega Max Cycle Megazord toy.
1: <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be matchups again, so let's vote for like literally like the underdog yep. in every matchup. Like, I'll
2: definitely do that. Yeah, screw the original Megazord. I'm totally voting for the Jungle Pride Megazord.
1: I'm voting for Time Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> like really?
2: <laughs> or, or whatever the, the that zord was that just pushed them through the time portal. <laughs> <laughs> I like want the big arm. I want that one. <laughs> I want the bull sword. Oh, oh, no one wants the
1: bull sword. Nobody wants the bull sword.
2: More like the bull crap sword, am I right? Oh. <laughs> so our next episode is going to be our bonus episode where I went to G Fest here in Chicago which is the largest gathering of Godzilla fans in the world. Oh. And this was their 22nd convention. Awesomely enough, they had a Sentai actor there. So I got to meet Noboru Kenko, and he played Gal Red in Gal Ranger. Oh. And it just so happened that he was also in a Godzilla movie called Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Their other special guest was the director of, of that film and some of the other, what they call millennial series Godzilla movies that were made in the 2000s. So the director of that was uh, Masaki Tezuka. I got to record both of their panels. We're going to present the full panel for Noboru Kenigo, who played Gal Red, in its entirety. I got to ask the very last question at the panel, which tied to Power Rangers, and his... (laughs) His response is very hilarious. So I hope <laughs> people tune in for that. I will tease a little bit. He did watch all of Power Rangers Wild Force, and he said that he did like the show.
1: Oh, I That's was a little looking to t-
2: that. It kind of like shoves it in the Sentai Pura's face. Like, yeah. hey, even the actor that was in the Sentai is like, hey, the Power Rangers version is pretty cool too.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, whatever so we'll have his full panel next weekend at the end I'm going to tack on uh panel highlights from the director because uh Noboru did work with uh Masaki Tezuka obviously in that one film because it was actor director and there was a couple times in the panel where he referred uh, to Masaki San, and said, You know i'd love to work with you again on another Godzilla film and so it it was very cool is a very great convention uh, if you're into any kind of tokusatsu at all, big Kaiju monsters like Godzilla or Ultraman. this is definitely the convention for you. What I loved about it it was a small enough convention. When I say small, I'm thinking like, I think last year they broke 3,000 people and this year they were on track to beat that number. But 3,000 is a pretty small convention. It's still small enough where you're not like, oh my God, I'm so overcrowded by all these crowds. Like If you wanted to go to any panel, you could. There was no standing room only or anything like that. I think if anyone out there is a big fan of this genre uh, and you're in the Chicago area, definitely check it out because it was a very fun con. I know a lot of my friends from Chicagoland Rangers were there. I got to hang out with the girls from Japan Hero Collectibles. It was a really good time. So uh, look for that coverage next week. And that's it. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandph at gmail.com or... Check us out at rangercommand.com. So until next time, we'll see you later. I gotta come up with a better <laughs> outro. No. Like, what up? <laughs> no. Okay, bye. No. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Com. Follow us on Twitter at Ranger PH and like us on Facebook.com/Ranger Command Power Hour. This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks.
0: This has been another great presentation by the 4 Radio Network. You can find more information at 4